Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to season two, episode five. Holy, that's Holy. crazy. Uh, my name is Brandon Curry. I'm Jeff Collins. I'm Josh Bond, and I'm Trevor Lindy. So we're, um, you know, first of all, just to remind everyone, we're on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Apple TV, and, and all the social Spotify, media platforms. All social media platforms. But uh, we are called coming. Professional Insights, and now we're the fifth episode of doing uh, volume. Volume. Do volume. You, you mean doing video? video. <laughs> Adding video into it, so yeah. this will be probably posted on Facebook video. YouTube. Uh, YouTube for sure, probably Facebook video, but we'll see how that all uh, all goes. Um, so we had a couple questions come in. Um, we had a couple of issues that we knew about and that even ha- helped us out too because yeah. it's all mortgage issues. So let's go with um, repairing your credit. We have a lot of people with credit issues now, and as a matter of fact, there's a rise in millennial um Uh, bankruptcy rates. Well, I I think a a bigger thing to point out too, like from from my point of view, a lot of people, I'll get a deal accepted. Trevor has to arrange the financing and in between accepting and financing or closing, they're doing some things that really screw up their mortgage. Yeah, so let's let's talk on that topic first. You know, at the end of the day, people need to realize when you're getting your pre-approval in place that, you know, and and no matter how much you can stress it, lead a horse to water, can't make them drink. But the importance, the big importance is the fact that you can't be doing anything with credit. You can't be going out and shopping. You got to make sure everything's getting paid on time. Um, you know, I can't, uh, yeah, Jeff shared a great post, just, uh, you know, things to do when you're in the home buying process. And, and I guess the best thing I can say first and foremost is don't do anything until you have the keys in your hand. You need the keys in hand, the transaction to actually be closed before you can go and, and do anything there. So don't, um, you mean don't buy the furniture? Don't drop twenty grand before. Uh, don't co-sign for a car. Don't you know buy that new truck that's eight hundred dollars a month payment. You know it's so yeah. for the most part lock up your finances for the, before you. Yeah. So not not only are you locking up your financing, but so you got your pre-approval stage. We're looking at you, and the reality is between pre-approval and when you buy, if you don't find something within thirty days, we're pulling a new credit bureau. So we're pulling a new credit bureau. That's a fact of the matter. Uh, and be mindful too that, you know, in the contract that we have to sign and through fiscal regulation and everything, the consent that you're signing, there are some lenders out there that will pull credit on you a few days before financing, uh, before, excuse me, before closing. And that's something that I stress with clients is, you know, Bondo, to your point, don't go out and be buying new furniture. Uh, I say to clients, if you're going to go out and buy new furniture, which, you know, Jeff, you and I had a mutual client that did have to go out and buy new furniture, had to go out and buy new TV and stuff like that. He was putting it on credit and I made it very clear to him, that's fine, but you need to make sure you've got the funds to clear the balance on it before closing, which he did. He was putting on a credit so that he could earn the points. That's when you take the cash from under the mattress that's been hidden there and off the books. That's when you buy that stuff. Yeah, that, that's not a not a bad way to do it rather than putting it into the bank account. That's I, when, I think when that becomes thing, a problem. I think point out here, five, top five things to avoid during the home buying process, and you can comment on it, Sure, is applying or co-signing for a new loan or line of credit, buying new furniture or home appliances on credit, being late on credit card or loan payments, spending your savings, and changing your job or quitting. 
Changing your job or quitting, that is, uh, unfortunately, it should go without saying, but that's something that that comes up far too often. Like, it's, it's actually really? staggering. I, I cannot get over how often I'll have that, whether m- more often than not, it's that new construction. It's the new construction that's going to take a while to close, um, you know, or it's something that they don't even tell me. They're up for a promotion, mm-hmm. right? That could jeopardize. And a the promotion reason... Could promotion could well, Same line of business? Same. Yeah, I thought it was uh, tied into the probationary aspect of a new job that made it well, worse. Well, the reason I say the promotion could become impactful is if the if the promotion goes from being straight salary or an hourly rate of pay, right. and now all of a sudden you're being promoted to a new job that has variable compensation in the mix, yeah. right? Maybe your base salary is now lower and your, your regular or your, your commission amount is now higher, but because your base salary is now lower and you don't have a history of those earnings, that's where the problem comes into play. So I think the the, the big message is just don't do anything. Don't, 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 <laughs> mess, with, don't mess with your financial situation. Don't change your meals. Really? Exercise. Yeah, you got Watch it, right? Patterns. You know, if, if you can get away with that faster closing, obviously that's the better way to well, like ensure, but we still need time. And you're six to 18 months sometimes mm-hmm. to get that house. Yeah, depending on how that financing is is being done, right? Like if the builder is going out and building, you know, multiple, you know, it's a full phase that's being built for Mm -hmm. sure. That's going to take that much longer. So you could be in that six to 18 month range. And that's a period of time where you got to make sure. So that client I have right now that you and me share as a mutual client, I won't name names, obviously, but he's looking for a a first time buyer house, which is really tough to buy. So it's usually a fixer up of some kind, purchase plus kind of uh, potential. Yeah. And he got a line of credit for $30,000. What would you say to that person? Uh, At the end of the day, that $30,000 line of credit that they went and got their hands on, uh, don't use it for anything. Don't don't touch don't it. touch it. It stays there with a zero balance. Um, you know, quite often what'll happen is somebody's going to think, okay, well, I've got this line of credit. There is, uh, you know, the payment is only fifty bucks or interest only. Like that's yeah. not that much. But the reality is, and what people don't realize, that thirty thousand dollar line of credit could turn into a nine hundred dollar a month payment that I have to use to qualify them. And and truthfully, to be entirely honest with you, there are some lenders out there. I don't personally work with any of them but because it's new credit they do turn around and say well you know what th- we've got to use this as if you maxed it out yeah. there are there yeah, yeah, w- yeah. one of the biggest banks in canada in all honesty your potential is that you're going to have this additional full payment right, or right? You'll use it as soon as you get the house yeah. right and then yeah yeah that, that could absolutely be the case so just have so, to be so rule of thumb until josh bond from flip Beccario gives you the key on closing until you get those keys in hand, key. 100%, you don't do anything. Now, that having been said, please be mindful. Obviously, there's variations in wealth. There's certain people out there where margins might not be that that tight. You know who you are. So, yep. obviously, you know these comments might not necessarily apply to you. But well, the, and on, on top of what, what just, just boggles my mind, how many people have a fly-by-night conversation with someone at, at, at a financial institution, at the bank or whatever, do, do they do no paperwork, they do no submission of what their pre-approval, they'll speak to a teller or something like that. No credit check. No credit either. check, nothing. And they'll be like, hey, I make uh, $80,000 a year, uh, how much can I, and then they'll, they'll throw out a number, you know, basically to secure the business, just basically to get them excited. They'll go shopping for that number, and then 
No one actually the sixty second pre approval you're talking about. Yeah, the right? sixty second pre approval. Yeah, and you're you're not doing any due diligence and there's so many things to your point, Bondo, that that goes into applying for a mortgage. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just insanity. Yeah. No uh, Um so just dealing with a professional, making sure you have a pre-approval, which lasts for how many months? A make sure you have an approval. Before you leave your financing condition, you should be approved. For and, and it should be yeah. on an email too, yeah. because a verbal, be a verbal approval can bite you in the ass. Absolutely. Yep. And the hard part, so the, the pre-approval basically is good for 90 to 120 days. But as I've said, if something changes in your credit during that time, after 30 days, we're pulling a new credit report. So on a pre-approval, they're approved? On a, on a pre-approval, the the covenant, so the person themselves, they're in pre-approval or some the people call rate. it pre-qualified. The interest rate is locked in for that either 90 or 120 days. Right. We've gone through the process. We've verified or val- it, provided your lender or broker has validated your income with full documentation. They have checked your down payment to make sure that everything is good. They've checked your credit then you know that the validity of that pre-approval is much more stable than a pre-qualify or uh, finding those terms are uh, becoming quite uh, quite interchangeable. But making sure that the paperwork has been done, they've gone through the full process. It's important for me because in terms of, I, 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 I've always understood pre-approvals to be that you're not necessarily approved and it's not guaranteed that you're going to get financing on this transaction. Yeah. Truthfully, at the end of the day, it's not uh, it's not guaranteed because one of the biggest parts of that transaction are the actual house, right? And until we have the house in play, yeah. uh, and I'm very conscious as well when it comes down to if I get an approval with a client, and and uh, I think I've mentioned it previously on a, on a episode before, but there's a broker out in BC that uh, that I look up to. He's been in the business. He's very very good at educating the um, brokers and, and making us better at what we do. And he literally, you know, jokingly bought a stamp that says conditional that he stamps on the top of every one of his commitments because people need to realize. And and this is something I stress that approval even approval. <laughs> well even when you have the the approval in place the lender is committed to doing the deal there's the list of questions that that lender wants and until all those conditions are satisfied and then keep in mind there's also lawyer conditions yeah. so have you had your have you had the opportunity for your lawyer to check title right this is where you come into yep. play and and has you know all the necessary requisitions that have been done on time yeah, no secondary financing uh, right residence Right, yeah, these types of things. So, at what point in time would you say then um, would Jeff's our clients collectively, but you know Jeff running the real estate transaction, who's the one that's carrying the responsibility to waive the financing condition? When would you say, at what stage in the process would you suggest to Jeff's clients that they're comfortable now that they once can, he sends me the email, it's time. Well, that's what I want. You know, so my, my whole thing that I say to the client is you're conditionally approved. These are the outstanding conditions we don't have. Are you sure that you can fulfill these conditions? Are you sure you can get me these on time? I need them 10 business days prior to funding, yeah. whatever the circumstance, right? Because regardless, like I understand we're, we're professionals. We all, all have to keep ourselves protected, but the, the, the clients in. themselves and, and what's funny is the camera's <laughs> actually on me right now and he's coming in behind. <laughs> there he is. Oh, there, yeah, wrong side. Right camera. So anyways, um, yeah, so the client at the end of the day has to have a certain level of responsibility yeah. themselves, right? They are a grown adult. So we as professionals have to be mindful and, and 
cautiously advise them accordingly, but at the same time. So if you do all of these things, which you can do, yep. you'll get your mortgage. Correct. Well, and you got to be you got to be mindful too, because we have something coming up right now. Speaking of Dan Cook here, where you know a bank can make a mistake and that can affect your credit, and you have to rectify that before you can proceed too. Yeah. yeah. So it's not as easy as thinking everything's you know, yeah, pickety boo, whatever you know, tickety boo. Sometimes mistakes happen, and then that that's that can put a, a oh wrench classic in the works. classic example. When I was looking at uh, flipping my mortgage from TD to RBC, and mm. even when flipping it with. I mean, I believe you found it as well, uh, a car loan that I had sold that car probably in 2011, and it was still appearing on my credit bureau. Yeah, yeah like it, it, was it still, never got discharged, never got discharged right? So the security was still there, but the liability was there. I'd be just talking to, let's say, a teller, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're fine, blah, 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 great credit, whatever. But they, they're not doing the due diligence. They're not digging in, and, and I never knew that that – yeah, you sold it. it was I done. sold it. I'm like, see, that, it, see, it's that's done. interesting because my mom and I, we bought a rental property like eight, nine years ago. And at the time they pulled credit on it. I, I don't I think you might have been involved with it too. And they yep. found a Kojiko. Collection um, for your mom. Collection for my mom. Really? And, and it was for Kojiko. No, it was Rogers. Rogers. Yes, Rogers. And the funny part was we it didn't have Rogers here, here in, in the area. But, but like, so when that happens, when there's a mistake that you're not responsible for it, what it, do you have to do to fix it? It's on you, the consumer, to rectify it. And how long does it rectify it? How you go about doing it? You know it? what? In all honesty, it could take a long time. I've got Depends a situation. Yeah, right? 100%, right? Depends on what the actual situation is. Um, the biggest thing is, can you find the account number, right? Can you find, because that's, you know, I, I pretty sure in your mom's case it was there was a rogers collection there's never been rogers here in the region mm-hmm. um and with the account number that we did have because they do report it on the credit bureau it was so difficult to actually connect the dots to get that so that she got to the right people to be able to right well, because the they sell off too, the debt out of your hand you didn't do anything and then you can't get this and it's you're like what the yep. hell oops yeah, no, absolutely right. So uh, to, to the question, though, how quickly can you make this happen? Sometimes it can happen very quick, um, you know, typically within a couple of weeks, if it's something that can easily be rectified. But there is just as many circumstances where uh, after we're all done recording today, I've got to tend to where um, my clients have a fraudulent mortgage registered against their property. And there's nice. literally nothing we can do about it. And the clients aren't proceeding with the transaction. And I've got to go back to the lender and have that conversation with them. And the reason, again, is because there's that fraudulent mortgage registered and, and we need to get uh, just the, the legal process. And, and, and technically, I think at that point in time, you've got to go to court. Well, yeah, yeah that's what my next question right? is going to be. Right? Like, that say, was, that say was our conversation. you up on a deal, some new hiccup comes up before closing. You can't close. You're in breach. You're getting sued. But it's the company who did the wrong credit against you. Is that company now liable for that at all? Could potentially well, what be. could happen there? Could potentially be. Right? Yeah, could, see, my client's getting sued for 25000 in lawyer fees, yeah. and it's just a screw-up on someone who worked there. Yeah, They don't get off scot-free, right? Like, yeah, it just depends on what the people choose, right? Because sometimes if you're going against big corp and – Right, and it's a matter of like uh, Rogers, obviously. That's right. right. Well, so limited pockets, and you're out five grand. That's not likely a, a battle that you're going to take on, right? But technically speaking, yeah, for sure. I mean, if somebody's wronged you and you've suffered a damage, then you should be able to sue them and recover for it, right? The problem with our my industry, or not my industry, because I don't really practice that aspect. Yeah, not the litigation side, right? Yeah, but I mean, it's the time, the stress, the money that goes into getting to that end goal, right? It's it's discouraging for a lot of people. So 
it's, no, it's, it's even more discouraging when it's not your problem and something screws up 100%. and then you're liable for it. 100%. Right? Sucks. So, but like I said, at the end of the day, it's you, the consumer, that's responsible for fixing any problems that, that come up on your credit. So before we wrap it up, what would you say are, uh, I guess, five rules of thumb to make sure your, your credit is solid or how to improve it? I, there's so, a lot of people with bad credit out there love to buy and they can't do it for a year. So we've yeah, got clients we're working with. You know, the, the best thing that you can do is give give me a call sooner than later. Um, That's number one. Yeah, number one, right? Because yeah. the, the reality is, you know, if you think that it's going to be a year or you, you've trusted i've had people walk into their bank and they've trusted their bank told them oh you know what do you buy in six months 12 months well have they given you any steps yeah, right credit, so credit coaching more or less right yeah right so, so some of those points that you want to make sure everything gets paid on time i can't stress enough just set up your credit card you know get the points from your credit card set up your cell phone people don't realize the cell phone has such impact on your credit um but it gets reported there, right? Well, another thing I think, because we're working with another client of mine and he's got good savings that are just sitting there and he's got tons of credit debt. And what was your advice to him? Good savings, tons of, so it actually, and I had to think of specifically what uh, what incident or, or client you're referring to. Yeah, no, 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 of course, about. right? But yeah, no, so my advice to them was, it makes a lot more sense to pay off the light. So you're sitting there on a mountain of savings take that savings and pay off the liability because that's going to impact you more. It's going to give you more purchasing power. It's mm -hmm. going to free up some of your cash flow. So I was able to turn around to the client and explain to him, you know, here's, here's how much you're paying on a monthly basis, him or her. Him or her yeah. So I, <laughs> uh, you know, in this instance, well, I don't care about giving a gender <laughs> to the individual, him or her or but you know, think of how much more money, Nowadays like if you're you paying, gotta, yeah. It's got to be a mix, though, too, yeah. Jeff. It could be not necessarily him or her. Uh, right. Sorry, no, no, that's okay. So, but, you know, now all of a sudden your you're... 20% you're paying a year per annum, you know, pay that sucker down, save some money. You know, you could probably talk to that, too. Yeah, you know... You, that's hell. If you pay down that debt, look at what it frees up cash flow-wise. Now all of a sudden you have that cash flow that you can, you know, if, if you're taking what you have saved up for your down payment, now flipping it over to I, your... I, I think the good example that impressed him or her was the big truck he had... And if he or her had or her and yep. he or her got rid of the big <laughs> like truck or car, I guess it's just a truck or a car got rid of it and it substantially increased his buying power, right? Or her buying power. Yeah, no. And, and you know what, <laughs> Brandon, you and I had the conversation the yes. one time where you, you yes. had asked and, and I know I've stressed it before on previous episodes, but it's so true. Uh, for every hundred dollars you have a month in a monthly car obligation, it will impact your purchasing power uh, by 25,000. Right. Um, we had this conversation. Yeah. So like a $400 a month payment is a hundred thousand on the approval. Yeah. And if you don't mind me sharing, so, that was yeah. exactly, you know, Kristen's car payment was in and around yeah. that 430 bucks. Yeah. And, and we literally, I said, here's what you do. If you get rid of it, here's what you have available to you. If you don't, and you, you jaw dropped and you're like, really, it's so, that much. So really, and, if you want to buy and, a nice house, sell your two trucks that are brand new and buy yeah so sell, sell the pickup trucks sell uh, quick deduction i mean if it's a 400 hundred dollar payment and you said it's 25 grand for 100 yeah that's yeah grand. so i always give uh so you know doing this long enough i try and give people numbers yeah, on the fly man. right so because everybody wants to know and when i'm sitting down with them they want to know by the end of the meeting sure. how, how much we qualified for and i always tell them i literally i bring my ipad with me I, that's how i do my applications i can't tell you this but if you really want to know you know, $50,000 annual salary that you earn, 
as long as we can validate and verify that 50,000 is good for four times approximately with the government stress test where the current interest rates are. So you're looking at approximately a $200,000 approval amount that you should be able to qualify for for a mortgage. Now, all of a sudden you have a four, so that's taking out of account any liability that you're actually carrying. Now, all of a sudden you have a $400 a month car payment that puts you from 200 to 100,000. Right. So unless you've got that extra killer houses out there for a hundred grand. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, wouldn't that be better? Dog houses, wouldn't maybe, that be maybe. better information to give to your client on a Microsoft surface? Uh, why, why would I, why would I need to go on a mic? Oops. Here we go. Let's just change that, uh, that camera over there. Yeah, that's okay. As, as good as you, you know what? Well, the problem is all the batteries are dying right now. So video is, I haven't had Jeff on video for a while now. So it's been, oh my been, God, ratings would be terrible. yeah, what can you do? Eh? So we've got, uh, got bond playing around with that. That's okay there. It's good times. So anyways, that being said, let's call her quits. And, and thanks everyone for listening. Uh, really appreciate it. Please keep the questions coming. Help us help you. Ciao. Stay informed. Thank you. Thanks, bye. Out. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.